Oi, hey, man. Hello. Hello there, who are you? Oh, I'm Neil. Hi, Neil. I'm from New Ashen. <laughs> Why didn't you come into the science shed? Oi, I just, can I put my whippet outside? <laughs> whippet? Well, I got, a, I got a whippet, like. From Newcastle? I, yeah. Okay, well, good. I, I raced them. <laughs> Okay, well, come inside to the Science Shed. The Science Shed is a, uh, a science podcast that comes out every two weeks with two university academics. Well, that sounds absolutely lovely. Yeah, we have a little chat about things that we found exciting. <laughs> oh, great way, eh? Bunsen, Burner, Dolly, Machine, Internal, Combustion, Why Do We Need, Petri, Dishes, Oscar, Bay. Isaac, Newton, Transplanting, Nick, oh hello Steve, <laughs> how are you, I'm good, welcome, hello, <laughs> hello, here we are, it's a little bit leprechaun I've there. come off the tube in Finsbury Park and I fought my way here through lots of market traders and various mobile phone fixing shops. That's that's true. Probably a few chicken li- shops too. I'm, I think there's the highest density of chicken shops and mobile phone, phone fixing repair shops anywhere in the country in it, Finsbury Park. You, to be honest, if it's gonna, it's not gonna be there for long. So you better as well make the most of it because you know what's just happened in Finsbury Park. Some kind of gentrification. We've got our first pret. Pret a manger. Hey. So once a pret's here, that's the sign. The middle classes are coming. It's the um, yeah. It's, it's the like, benchmark it's for, the, for gentrification. The canary in the cage. Exactly. As soon as you have at least because because where one pret comes from, another one comes again. Oh my goodness. Well, it's got, like it reminds me because I lived in Tooting for a long time when I was in London, and it started off. It was a bit like this to begin with, and now Tooting is very gentrified. Mm. It's much nicer than it used to be. So I think all of these places slowly get dragged. Well, yeah. I, I don't understand the, where the poor people in London live. They live in um, uh, Tottenham now. I was looking, when I was walking down the street, I was just looking, there was all people, you know, like the sweet street cleaners and things like yeah. that. And I thought, well, where the hell do they live? I can't afford to live in London. I'm a professional. <laughs> where the hell are the well, street well, well, cleaners going to live? You're a professional. That's yeah. a loose term. It's a very, very loose term. <laughs> oh, fair play, fair play. Okay. Anyway, we're ready. We're here. Should we get on with it? Yeah. So Nick, what have you been up to? Oh, I've been. It's been Easter. It's been Easter. So it's been quiet in the Evans lab. Really? I, I was. Um. I was at a. Uh, I helped organise a conference last week. Did you? Where's Warwick, the conference? Warwick University. Oh right, it's in Coventry actually. <laughs> okay, but it was in Warwick University. I know, but that's in Coventry. It's one of those. <laughs> yeah. It's an example of a university that gives itself a posh name. Yeah. So at University of Warwick, when it's yeah. nowhere near Warwick, it's in Coventry, because University of Coventry sounds a bit down market. Yeah. Well, so they thought Warwick, Warwick Castle, yeah. Shakespeare-y type things. Yeah. So. All right, there you go. Yeah. It was good. I wanted to tell you about a couple of things that happened. When you were planning the conference? No, no, actually was when I was at the conference. Oh, it's already happened? It's already happened. It happened I you said you were planning no, it. No, no, I, I did plan it. I organised the whole conference. Oh, okay. But with some other with some other help, but I was an co- organiser of the conference. Were so. you just taking the credit and you did nothing? That's pretty much right, yeah. Exactly <laughs> right. Um, but do you know who gave the keynote speech? Uh, God. Well, he might think so. Um, it was Fraser Stoddart, as if you remember, we spoke about in this year's Nobel Prize special. Oh, I don't know who he is. So Fraser Stoddart 
won the Nobel Prize this year in chemistry for molecular machines. Remember, we spoke about it. In oh, our yeah, Nobel we did, special. didn't we? And I was quite critical of what they look like. So, they look a bit pathetic. <laughs> I, but I wanted to bring it back, right? So he starts off, right? So Fraser Startup, for anyone that doesn't know, is a, the Nobel laureate this year in chemistry. He has spent probably the last, Sir Fraser Startup, I should say, um, has spent the last kind of 20 to 35 years working mainly in the US, but he's also, he's from Scotland, uh, trying to build these mach- these kind of molecules, these macromolecules that kind of, the kind of basis for kind of molecular machines. And so he opens up and when, when Nick and I spoke about this before, Nick was kind of very critical. He was like, so what? What's the application, right? So here's his opening gambit. Stands up. It was the kind of evening, first evening of the conference where everyone's had a glass of wine. Was he pissed? Gonna, he wasn't pissed, no. But he's like, but you, you can tell when they, they get, to, uh, academics get to some point in their career where they just don't care. They're untouchable, right? They, got, they don't care who hates them or doesn't, you know, you know, that kind of thing. So he's kind of, <clears throat> he's relatively, uh, I don't know how old he is, but he's, he's pretty old. And he stood up and he said, uh, uh, so everyone's had a glass, glass of wine. We just come back from dinner and it's the evening conference. It's one of those ones, evening talk. And it's one of those ones that kind of runs over, you know, he's, he's only got halfway through his slides and he's already an hour and a half in, you know, kind oh of thing. Oh Anyway, it starts off, opening gambit says, when I won the Nobel Prize, uh, everyone always asks me what this is going to be used for. And he says, and he said, he said, he said I, I, and that's, I hate that question. He says, he says, I've trained 417, I wrote this down for you. He said, I've trained, um, uh, what was his point? Oh, God, bear with me one second. He said, I've trained 417 students from 43 different countries. And he says, and that's my contribution to society, right? Anyway, goes through. To like an hour and a half, hour and a half, like after he... So he didn't answer the question no, that he no, asked no at the beginning. No one asked, so he said, I hate that question. That was his opening gambit of his whole talk, right? Finishes, someone puts a hand up, says, got any questions? First person puts a hand up and says, so what's it going to be used for? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I love that person. Right, and you could, you could see he's like, it's like little twitchy, get, little twitchy eye. You didn't see the humour and the irony no, in the situation. No, 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 he just got angry. But that would be a funny, ironic, because <laughs> if, if I'd been there, I would have only laughed, because I thought that's a funny question. Yeah. Um, Did anyone laugh? No one laughed. So everyone uh, just took it seriously. Right. You were a bunch of miserable, boring bastards. Well, it's a bunch of physical chemists, so they're not renowned for their... Uh, that's a funny, that's a funny jo- it's well, a no, joke. No, the thing is, I don't think it was being a joke. Right? But it's, it is a joke. It though. is a joke, but he wasn't <laughs> intending it for, to be a joke. Anyway, he turns around, and this was his riposte. He was like, he says, as I said, I don't, I don't see there's any application to my research. I'm glad I don't have that. And, the, and luckily enough, the Nobel agree, a, a committee agreed with me too. <laughs> and that was his response? <laughs> that was it. And what did anyone, did anyone say anything then? shut the fuck up and also nail the question. Is what oh did. my yeah. God. But it's interesting, isn't it? So it, it's, he was saying, he basically made this, made an analogy after that, right? What does he, he write said, on his impact some well, of things? Well, he works in the US, so he doesn't have to <laughs> have write care. these things. But it's kind of interesting, right? He was kind of saying, you know, it was a real science for science sake argument. Like, you know, like, I'm just going to do it because it's fundamentally interesting. And then he made this point. He said, he said that um, in, you know, it was 1927 when Lindbergh crossed the Atlantic, right? You know, and they could have had no possible idea of the kind of huge revolution that would ensue after that about kind of air travel. And it wasn't even until the kind of late 50s before anyone, anyone of any, it didn't matter how rich you were, got on an aeroplane in a kind of commercial capacity. So his argument is that, is that basically the things we're doing today are laying the groundwork for future technological discoveries. And he doesn't know what they are or what they'll be. And actually to even engage with the conversation to, to suggest what they might be is a bit kind of fatuous, you know, like it's a bit of a waste of time. So what do you think about that? Um, I, in one way, I can see it. And I, I'm, I kind of, I'm sympathetic to that kind of argument. But on the other hand, I think it's incredibly arrogant to behave in that way and to just cast aside any question that might, you know, involve, you know, the utility. He could quite easily have said, 
he could have made those kinds of arguments in his response. Mm. He could have had a stock answer. He didn't have to be the Charles Lindbergh thing. Yeah. But he could have given another example and he could have at least tried to speculate. I, I, I think I think he said that is because he specifically said, don't ask me this question. And someone well, did ask him a question. That's why it was a funny <laughs> joke, though. I mean, that's why I congratulate that person, whoever it was, on yeah. making a funny, ironic joke. I, yeah, I think you give that person too much credit. But um, yeah, it was kind of interesting. I was sat there um, and it was, it was a really good talk, actually. He's kind of just talking about, it's basically lots of pictures of him finding these kind of structures uh, that he's making in on the molecular level. You find kind of like it's kind of symbols and structures and you find those in like random places he's traveled around the world so symbols so well, like, like a bloody well like he'll be in hieroglyphic some, yeah but we're in some mosque in turkey and he'll oh find my. some example of it and then this was really embarrassing right so then i probably shouldn't say this but so anyway he goes when he turned 64 which was obviously a long time ago because he's pretty old he said his lab made him um a like uh, a video right and they did what they did because of all of his different discoveries of his career going through 64 so they so then cut so it's all a bit, you know, uh, the AV things in these kind of academic conferences are always a bit shit. Anyway, plugs into the plugs his laptop into the uh, into the Tannoy system. When I'm 64 comes on by the Beatles, right? And then there's like a really slow reveal of like picture after picture of every year of his life, like I think growing I up. Collapsed into a <laughs> do, ball. Do you know what happened? Right, it got we got to like halfway right. through. We got to like 32, and the song ran out, oh, and they just no. and the song just died again. <laughs> oh my goodness! So there was just more. That just like it was song's a... about three and a half, four minutes long. So, so it was an eight-minute sick... slideshow of his life. Yeah, exactly. And then that was, an, you know, and so it was just a bit. Like, I a bit hate cringy. this person. <laughs> I really don't like you, Fraser. Whatever you're called, Stoddart. Yeah, I don't He's like a nice you. Guy. Well, just... I don't like your attitude with your, your self-aggrandizement. No, and your, no, and no. Your, and you're slapping down of perfectly reasonable questions <laughs> <laughs> when they're asked in a humorous manner although right. maybe not well then well, when, when you pick up your Nobel Prize you can uh, you can correct the, injust- the injustice well maybe that sets us apart maybe that's the difference <laughs> maybe I just don't have it That's how that last conversation ended. Yeah. Well, you were saying how intolerant you were of. Do you want to re? Do you want to recount? I'm intolerant of intolerance. Of, do you want to? Yeah. Do you want to recount your little story about the poor people at the exhibition <laughs> exhibition at conferences? Yeah. So we were talking about. Um, uh, so I was at this conference uh, last week that I kind of helped co-organise, and as part of it, there's um, a uh, exposition. So there's loads of companies that pay to be there. And then they get their name on all of the conference literature and then they get to advertise their wares and you get to go and have a little look and see what companies are kind of doing, uh, what they're selling. Like kind of technical machines sometimes, oh, instruments, very much so, sometimes yeah. lumps of plastic. 
sometimes very highly technical specialized yeah, like laboratory or, equipment exactly so the, so so generally they're very technical people um they're kind of selling technical sensors or detectors or yep. bits of things anyway um i was there uh with one of my students and mm. we were kind of walking around and i get quite um uh, terse with those people because I feel like I I don't have much time and I want to kind of know what they're doing and they otherwise if you if you if you don't kind of control the conversation There's not enough time in the world to be nice to people is this well you have to choose when to spend time with uh, when to be considerate and when oh to stop yeah, being. yeah 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 so these people are professionals right I'm not I don't have to hold their hands and no they, and I'm I, but I am a bit mean to them because I want to kind of push them a little bit to understand yeah. their technical knowledge. And my PhD student remarks on it. She said that I was mean to them. <laughs> well, what were you doing? Give us an example of the sort of thing you were saying. Well, try and, try and sell me something and I'll tell you what it's like. So, uh, Hello. Yeah. Well, Hi, no, yes, we, what we've, you going on? we've got a um, new... What do you guys sell? We've, we've got this equipment here. So this is this equipment we've been producing now since 2004. Okay, what does it do? Oh, um, so this equipment is uh, designed for sensing uh, single molecules in a fluid. How does it work? So there's a laser here. It shines. What's down. the wavelength? Um, so one and of the, the power? I don't know what the power is. It is. DPSS? Um, or Q switched? It's Q switched. It's about three sixty. No, that doesn't uh, make sense. Um, so that's exactly so, like you could literally be the level of the level of technical knowledge of some of the but people. You weren't. You didn't give me much of a chance. No, but but I want I want you to rattle off the answers, and if you can't do it, then you're not then you're not technically. These people are standing up there to to to, to sell technical wares, and if some you of don't them understand. Are, yeah, it, but some of them are like salespeople, maybe fresh out of like a PhD or a, a you know one well, then, year post. Then they shouldn't be there. That's a bit like saying, I got on an aeroplane, but the pilot, he was just started, bless him. He didn't know what he was doing. They're not doing brain surgery. They probably get paid more than I do. Um, Maybe. Absolutely, yeah. So that's why you hate them. (laughs) Yeah, damn it. They can afford nicer cars. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think you've got to exercise a little bit of decorum and not. I'm not not being unpleasant. I'm just saying I'm 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 taciturn. I just answer very specific, very, like, I want to know the answer to things Yeah, I suppose I'm... Because you've only got half an hour to walk through and assess everybody. And you don't Um, want to be there. If you're there, sometimes they go on a little spiel about how this is the best and the brightest. Oh, yeah. And 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 when they try and do that... I do find that irritating and I yeah. do cut I do I will get to the point yeah, yeah. So but I'm I, I'm conscious of not being, being mean yeah whatever <laughs> <laughs> well some of them actually have become sort of I know them now yeah, some of the too. people and they have fact, a beer afterwards fact, there's, there's one person I won't name by name but he, he he sells us some equipment like sometimes he just rings me up like I'm in my office doing something and he rings up and I'm just like oh hi and he's just like and I was like what do you want? What, like he thinks we're friends. It's just like <laughs> he's like, oh, I'm just in Cambridge. I thought I'd drop by, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm busy. Like, what That's do you not, want? It doesn't mean he's your friend. He just wants to have a little chat, just to keep the contact going, so he can sell you more guts. Yeah, which I'm fine, fine with. But but exactly. But the thing is, if you both know that relationship, I can quite happily turn around and just say, like, I'm really busy. I'll, I'll contact you when yeah. I need you. Right? you know, thank you for being there. There's that another guy who. Um, yeah, who we regularly sit conferences, and for a while I didn't really know that he wasn't the scientist. Right, you thought he was I thought part he of the was club. like one of the scientists. Yeah. I just didn't know who he was. Yeah, and he was there whopping back beers. I had a conversation with him about um, parking fines and how best to avoid them when you yeah. get a ticket on private land. Yeah, he was quite boisterous, and I thought, oh, well, might 
not talk to him so much in yeah. the future. <laughs> I saw him the next day flogging. He was just the, he was Flog, a salesperson. Vlogging shit, and he probably got on his nice Beamer and drove home to his big house. I don't think they make that much money. To they do. Well, I don't know. Not maybe the biology. And they have hard jobs because I definitely. know I know one of my friends is is in that business, and it, they they work really hard. Those guys. It's, <laughs> it's pretty. They do. He certainly does. Okay. And it can be pretty relentless because they travel around a lot and all the sure. rest of it. Yeah, they have a lot less flexibility than you or I do. That's true. Yeah. I agree. So anyway, anyway, that's why. Yeah. So stop I, being a git, Steve. <laughs> Lighten up. Be nice to them. I'm, you don't well, have to okay, be rude. But, but Cut his, them off his, if you want. But say, oh, I'm really sorry. I don't the, think. I don't think I'm interested like in it. You're this kind of like massive. Like uh, I'm definitely uh, polite to whatever. people. What was interesting though is because obviously I was there with my student and like. One of the things I'm, you know, I do have time for because our time is finite. Is I really try and spend time with them and 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 encourage them. So to this do is well. how you excuse your rudeness. This Absolutely, is like, this is like Jimmy Savile. Opportun- opportunity cost. <laughs> it's <Right>. okay <laughs> if I put my hand under these sheets because I'm so nice to these charities. <laughs> Thanks for that analogy. There's nowhere I can go now, is there? I can't. I can't up. up <laughs> Jimmy Savile. Nick. Hello, Steve. How you doing? I'm all right. I've just had a um, a drink called a Sun Exotic that from looks... your local Finsbury Park shop. It's great value, 49 pence. That is a good price. I was torn between this and the Ribena. Right. Do you know what pushed me? Um, is it the, it's no added sugar? Well, the rib that the, the ribena there wasn't a no added <laughs> sugar I one. I nearly got you there. You, didn't you I? have come. You come. Is that right? Did I? I'm on the back foot. Well, I normally buy ribena no added sugar. Yeah, me too. But they didn't have ribena no added sugar. Uh, right. You were aware of this shop. <laughs> I'm reporting it. <laughs> I'm, I'm so not, I thought, no. well, oh well, since I can't have my normal drink, I might as well choose from this vast selection yeah. of other cheap carton drinks. So yeah. I bought this drink called Sun Exotic. Drink how, how was it? It was all right, actually. Well, I was a bit a bit put out by the straw. Right. Look at this straw, Steve. Would right. you be happy sucking so from that straw? Oh, interesting. So Nick's handing me a straw now. It looks like a kind of traditional, you know, straw you would get in a carton of drink. But on the end, it's kind of sealed. But then there's like four different holes that look a little bit like, you know, the kind of the, the chamber that cools uh, on like a rifle that cools down or like a, on like a sniper rifle. It's well, I'm f- not as familiar with rifles <laughs> as you are, but I'll take your word for it. But yeah, there's kind of, so it's sealed with like lots of little holes in rather than just having an open tube. So when you suck, the drink comes out sideways. It doesn't come out <laughs> the top of the straw. It comes out through a little hole and that right. really it did my head in. Well, it's like, you could see like a marketeer selling this as like, I almost you know, took it back. Air, magically aerating the drink to give you like a different like flavour profile. God knows, but I'm never coming to Finsbury part ever again all right should we um get on with some science Hmm. nick steve do you remember a while ago i was i found some of my um science books when i was a child yes i I remember yeah you embarrassed me in wolverhampton in yep. 1989. Well, I found I've got a few more here. I've saved them actually. Okay. And it's a bit where we're I referring first... back to, to to little Nick. Little yeah, it's like it's questions like what is science? Yeah, exactly. And you, you did pretty well on that. Not so well oh, on some of the other yeah. questions, <laughs> the more specific chemistry questions. But anyway, I've got to found another book. This one's from right. the second year now. So the the other the other book was from 1988. So Nick's he's progressing. He's moving on. In the world. There's loads of electronics. I didn't realise I'd done so much electronics. I learned all about AND gates and things. Right. So this was at the, this was in 1989. Chemical elements, Steve. Uh-oh. Here we Chemical go. Chemical elements. Yeah, go on then. 
What's the definition of a chemical element, Steve? Of an element? What's the definition of a chemical element? Uh, it's a uh, fundamental unit of mass uh, that cannot be... Uh, what would I define it as? Well, uh, you, you've got to, you're thinking along the wrong lines. You've got to think more along the lines of, well, what would be the definition that would be taught to a second-year secondary school okay. kid? All right, um, so it's a... It's a <laughs> It's the stuff by which all other stuff is made. Oh, no. Come on. You've got to be a little bit more specific. Okay. It? It's the fundamental components by which all things are made. It's a single simple substance which cannot be broken down into anything simpler. Yeah. I mean, famously, atom, like uh, atomos, which A means uncuttable, which was Democritus defined that uh, in ancient Greece. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. You, can't, you can't divide it anymore. But, but anyway, so... Um, we started to learn about chemistry here. Right, that's good to know. And there's all kinds of things about chemistry. And I had a couple of questions when I was reading this book about <laughs> okay. what, what... Well, I know they're not... I'm not going to test you, but I just want to ask you some things, right? Go on in. So there's a, I've got a table of melting points and boiling points of okay. different types of elements here. Yeah. Right. And what what struck me was sometimes I love the thought of you like late night just about to go to bed and just like <laughs> like uh, as a forty year old man sat in <laughs> sat in bed reading his his exercise books from when he was nine. I was doing going, it. Mm, good I was, point, Nick. I was actually doing. I was actually. Do- <laughs> it actually, I was reading it and I was thinking. I, I read it and I thought, you know what? Those teachers did a pretty good job because this is quite a logic logical. Mm. sort of uncovering yeah, of the world you can't just say oh it's just because it's it's more complicated you can't understand it you have to explain it in a logical way even if it's not quite correct but i mean they, they, they it starts at several points there's like the logic of yeah. circuits for instance yeah. goes through what an and gate is what yeah. an all gate is what an i've got a question to ask you about that one with that and then there's, there's some quite complicated circuits like that that I, I tried to work that one out when I was doing it before. We'll post this one on the internet. Wow, later on. that is quite complicated. It's kind of a complicated arrangement of a not, an and, a nor, and an amplifier. Anyway, yeah. look, we won't bang on about that. Okay. But anyway, what the question that I was interested in... Boiling was, points. Well, melting points. I found that some metals or yeah. elements, the melting point and the boiling point are miles apart. That's true, yeah. And some are quite close together. Yeah. So just for an example, tin. Yeah. Tin melts at 232. Yeah. Do, we, do you know where, where what temperature it boils? What? Oh, God. Uh, 2,312 degrees. Oh, my God. That is so close. <laughs> 2,270. Oh, man. That's pretty, that is 30 pretty degrees. special. I'm impressed with that. But then there's others here. Yeah. Um, oh, my goodness. I'm proud. It? Magnesium. Yeah. That melts at uh, 650 degrees centigrade or Celsius. Do you know where that boils? Oh, that'd be really high. Like, I don't know. 5,000 degrees? No, 1,110. Oh, okay. So there's a really... They're quite close together. The melting point and the boiling point of magnesium is really close. Yeah. But the melting point of tin and its boiling point are really far apart. Yeah. Why? Uh, So there's lots of reasons. (laughs) That's... I always like that. Yeah. So so there's a... That absolves you. So you learn this as an undergraduate chemist. So so there's lots of... so, So, I mean, really, we've spoken about this before. We spoke about boiling. So there are things, at some level, you have some intermolecular forces which are holding things together. Yeah. At some point, the energy of a system, i.e. how much you heat it up, means that the, the, the energy of the particles is greater than the intermolecular forces, and then they break, and that becomes a gas. So really, the question is, what defines an intermolecular force in, a, in say, a metal or a compound or a liquid? Um, and that's actually quite 
subtle. So one of them is the is um, uh, is its size. So you can have things that are very things are generally very kind of small. Um, so for instance, if you take something like salt, right, sodium chloride, so it's an ionic uh, structure that that's very difficult to melt because the uh, intermolecular forces are very strong there because they're being ch- held together with charge, right? So there's yeah, a no, I get all that right, but yeah. like, let's take it for granted. I know that tin and magnesium, they're both metals. Yeah. So they're all atoms sitting together. Yeah. There's no kind of positive negative ionic interaction between yeah. them, not to, you know, uh, the same as salt. Yeah. So why are they different? Why are why, they different? Why so, does so one, one melt? So one, so one is size. So, so, so some of them are like. So, tins are a lot heavier, isn't it? Than so you're asking. So basically, you're saying that there's a there's a core. There's a there's a um, uh, there's a nucleus which is generally uh, which is positively charged with some neutrons in it, and then you have an electrons around that uh, at- atomic nucleus which are negatively charged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can imagine there's some attraction between the electrons on the outside of that the yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and the middle, right? Okay. And so as you kind of move across a period in a periodic table, there's a I mean, you, you you find that. Um, as things get bigger, the, the den- charge density of the nucleus gets more. But if, so the, the effective field f- felt by an electron on the outside of that um, uh, metal is more. So it's attracted more. So things get smaller as you go across the period. But they get bigger as you go down the, da- uh, okay. uh, down the column. So, 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 so the, the, the further away those charges are from each other, the less they can feel each other. Right. And therefore the, therefore, the more that changes the... Um, the intermolecular forces. So roughly as you go from left to right on the periodic table, things get smaller and they probably have a higher boiling point and a yeah. higher melting point. And as you go down, they get they, they get lower because basically you're moving the charges away. So it requires less energy to break those forces. Right. And that's a mass, and there, there are exceptions to all of that. There are exceptions to that, but that's generally the idea. It's about, so what determines that those forces between the particles? That's really all you're, yeah, is, is yeah. What you're asking. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'll, I'll take, I'll, have, I'll go away. <laughs> I'll go away and think about it. All right, I'm going to my home. I'm going to follow you up with a question from which I saw in your own book. There, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make it backfire on you. one in the bag another one have we finished we're done oh that took me by surprise i think it's time to have a go for have a beer oh, yum, 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 yum. <laughs> i'm gonna have a large pint of ale but i've got a feeling we're going to some cocktail bar no no they have ale it's fine oh thank god for that yeah there's nothing worse than having a going to a cocktail bar i like my booze weak these days yeah we can plentiful i i kind of agree with that like mm. like kind of like a medieval lord yeah, low, like just a beer just, which has just got enough with some alcohol chicken in it that you can just like rip the, the drumstick and throw so it. It's the sort of beer that would have been drunk by people who would be worried about cholera. Exactly. Yeah. Mmm, <laughs> delicious cholera. Cholera free beer. <laughs> anyway, if you want to get in touch, please do so. You can contact me. I'm on Twitter at The Evans Lab. And I'm Steve the Chemist. And we'd love to hear more from you. So um, please also, if you can, write us a review on iTunes. Yep, um, it can be good or bad, but what it does is it just kind of bumps us up the iTunes ranking so that more people can enjoy the science shed, the science shed as much as you do. And if you wrote some particularly funny abuse, which would be great, we could yeah. revisit it. 
Indeed. One of these future podcasts. You could, you could become part of the podcast. Absolutely. That's what we want, to build yeah. up a rapport. Can't wait. Then we can, and more evidence to insult Nick, and that's always the best bit. Well, I don't mind. I'm the butt of many jokes. <laughs> that's true. Okay, guys. Bye. Bye.